0: I'm Conrad and I'm Matthew
1: and my name is Sanjay we're it but hurt
2: a yeah. couple of shout outs uh this week we want to thank again uh Daniel for letting us use his equipment so we can sound also pretty um he will shoot you with a camera and other things um he's in Manhattan Kansas also a shout out to Hope for our editing wonderful
0: and then uh yeah so On with the show Awesome, today we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 Uh, We all saw it this month and it was so good So good It was so much better than I expected it to be I I didn't see how they could top the first one And then I sat down for the second one And I was hooked in like a minute, less than I saw Baby Groot and I was like I'm just going to go cry for the rest of the movie It's so wonderful what did you think about it, Sanjay?
1: It was real good. I'm going to say what my favorite part is at the very beginning, so I stopped thinking about it, as I have been for a while now. So, uh, spoiler alert. Da-da. So, uh, I one of my favorite things, if not my favorite thing in this movie, is when they're all, like, pew-pewing and stuff, you know? And they're like, Drax, why are not you wearing a suit? And he's like, it-, it irritates my nipples. And at the very end, when he gets the suit slapped on him, and he just screams, my nipples! <laughs> yeah, that, that, I hate, like, every day... At some point, I just want to scream my nipples with the aggression and just, like, passion that Drax did. Favorite part of the movie. It was a really good part. Yeah, go see Guardians Volume 2 for Drax's nipples, TM.
2: Yeah. That's, that's the only thing you need to go see the movie for, is just Drax's nipples. Anything yes. else. The gray
0: nipples. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, this recording is going to be peppered with awesome pew-pew noises like this because I went to Walmart and bought uh, an element gun, and I'm really excited about it.
1: Conrad had a fun fact about the element gun. Tell me what it is.
0: Yeah, apparently
2: it can shoot, like, any element from the comic books, which I thought was pretty dope. But in addition, it's similar to the trans-metropolitan one that, like, will make your bowel disrupt anything from mild diarrhea to, like... Explosions—it's—it's it's a thing from another comic book, but it reminded me of that, and I was like, ah, that's so funny. Anyway, <laughs> so the movie. Um, yeah, I thought it was—I thought it was pretty great, solid. I don't know. Do we have any rating scales for movies that we do on this podcast? Not yet.
1: Three chilies.
2: Three three chilies out of twenty nipples for yep. this movie. <laughs> That's Can a. They do re-
0: bananas?
2: The, the chilies are weighted in a different way, so you don't understand the scale.
1: <laughs> and the bananas are there for scale, but they're not actually in the scale, so it's... Ah, I just feel like yeah.
0: bananas are really important, like potassium...
1: Anyway, (laughs) I'm trying really hard to not make Patreon jokes after the last episode (laughs) and just hearing that made me really want to make a Patreon joke Go
2: to www.com for a callback to our previous episode, Matthew's new car backslash bananas are important backslash potassium for more information, penny for your thoughts donate a penny a day about your banana thoughts
1: Back to the show! (laughs) It was so much funnier when Sanjay
2: did it That was so long Ah, Oh my gosh That was was the worst best plug. It I tried to do it. It was good. What's a plog? I have issues with the words, and somehow uh-huh. I still do this podcast. I don't know mm. how.
1: And you do a great job.
0: Talk I was thinking to... about firing you. Oh. Anyway, so Guardians like... of the Galaxy, <laughs> volume two. <laughs> so um, actually recently one of my friends watched it for the first – I'm sorry, watched the first one for the first time, and he pointed something out to me that I actually – I just, it never clicked in my mind. He was talking about the end of the movie where – uh, Peter Quill opens this present from his mom, and it's the cassette, and it's Volume Two. And when he was talking to me, he was just so excited. He was like, "That is just the most subtle like this. Is, there's going to be a second movie that I've ever seen." And as he was speaking, I was like, "Oh yeah, totally. I agree with you. Yeah." And then, but in my head, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I never even thought of it that way." I was just like, "Cool. He opened. He finally opened his present from his mom." But yeah. So, so that was cool. I go- thought that was interesting. Yeah.
1: you guys know at the end of uh, 22 Jump Street, they allude to the fact that there's going to be like a hundred more movies? Yeah. So in my mind, at the end of uh, this movie, he gets a Zune with 300 songs. Yeah. So there's going to be 300 ga- Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I'm calling it now. Yeah, it- I hope so.
2: 96 years, more Morty.
1: More <laughs> 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 seasons. More
0: Guardians. Rick and Morty crossover, you heard it here, exclusive. Planet Butter, <laughs> Planet Butter exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Pratt, please sign on for 300 more movies, because <laughs> I think we'll all just be so excited for that.
1: The last, like, hundred would just be them on Earth really confused. Like, <laughs> uh, where no. are we? What's I, a take bell <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: This doesn't like look anything like your music sounds. <laughs> 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 Peter Quill like
2: goes to what's what's some of the musicians on there? I don't even know. He just goes to some of them and he's like, "Why don't you perform anymore?" It's because it's like thirty years later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, and it just
0: doesn't click to them. Even though he's aged thirty years, he's just like, "What? What do you mean it's thirty years later?" But anyway, yeah. So when
1: fine. you're going on adventures, thirty years feels like just a day, especially when you're with
0: your friends. That was so cute. That was, that was great.
1: But
2: no, actually, that would be funny. Like, because we're talking about sequels and whatnot. I would like to see them go to Earth. Like, just mm-hmm. I would just like yeah. to see Rocket Raccoon, like, in Times Square. Like, oh my gosh. what you looking at? I'm <laughs> just trying to make my day as
0: a raccoon. <laughs> I don't know. Trash Panda. A Trash yeah. Panda. <laughs> that it's was probably worse. my favorite so part worse. of the movie. <laughs> when he's like... This entire podcast is going to be a spoiler. Heads up. Um, so... No, yeah, but when... uh Chris Pratt is like blah 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 you dumb raccoon, and and Rocket's just like don't call me that. He's like you're sorry you're right I'm sorry you're right. my bad, I'm sorry you're right I took it too far I meant to call you a trash panda, I just died I was like yeah. yes Chris Pratt you get on Tumblr and I love you yeah, I did like that he's like <laughs> is that worse it's so much so worse, worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my favorite my favorite
2: part my favorite Rocket raccoon part is where he just destroys a bunch of guys to go yes. all southern nights. Mm-hmm. But additionally, it's where Ego, spoilers for him later, but, like, says, and look at this raccoon over here, in his triangle face, face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Rocket, it's just deadpan, it's silent, and then Rocket just grabs his nozzle. <laughs> it's like,
0: oh my god, that is hilarious. But the thing is, that
2: effect is so good, that it looks like a mm-hmm. real raccoon, that, like, when that happened, I was like, that is that is hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So.
0: Um, Rocket and Baby Groot were hella the stars of this movie. Like, mm-hmm. Chris Pratt, I will look at your abs any day, but Rocket and Groot killed it this time. Especially Groot. So mm-hmm. cute. I'm getting a Groot tattoo ASAP.
1: It's going to be full body, you know? Yeah. Your boy's going to be a tree by the end <laughs> of this, so it'll be great.
0: <laughs> I wish. That would be awesome. No, I can't do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> stick it to my leg. Anyway. So yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Um, one of the, the coolest things about it in my opinion was how much hype there was without there being that much hype, so I don't know how to explain that very well, but if you look at Chris Pratt's Instagram, it's filled with videos of him like, what's my snack today, and you're just like, man, Chris Pratt's on a diet, and then it like subtly puts it in your head like, Chris Pratt is on a diet because he's shooting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. He's going to come back. He's going to be Star-Lord. I'm going to fall even more in love with him. I can't do this. It's so great.
2: But So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, it's, it's, the way it was suddenly marketed was pretty dope. It's Matthew with his uh, element gun over there. i so excited. He's so
1: he's diarrhea, this. Pistol. <laughs> diarrhea pistol. Diarrhea uh, pistol.
2: Hey, look. It's the official gun of, of Planet Butthurt. <laughs> the diarrhea pistol. The diarrhea pistol. <laughs> Perfection. So... What were some of your favorite Easter eggs uh, slash references to future movies and comic books in the film?
1: I know my favorite was one that I didn't realize because I'm a really unobservant person the first time I see a movie. Uh, I was talking to Conrad the day after I saw it, which was a day before he saw it, and he was like, hey, uh, so how was the movie? Don't spoil anything, but was it good? And I was like, yeah, dude, movie was hot, so good. He was like, oh, so uh, Sylvester Stallone's character, is he, like, important? Like, is... Am I going to like need to know who he is? And I was like, no, he's just a dude. And he was like, mm, I feel like he's going to be this character from the original Guardians. And I was like, Conrad, you're dumb. No, that's not <laughs> it. And then I thought about it for a minute and a half. And at the end of the movie, you definitely do get to see that Sylvester Stallone is in fact the leader of the original Guardians of the Galaxy, which is pretty like heavily plugged in there pretty obvious. So that was really cool. Thank you, Conrad.
2: Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that until, like, the very end character was, like, mm-hmm. seen in that scene. I'm like, oh, that's the literally the last second of yeah. that thing. I was like, that's the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Duh. Um, no, that was I one totally of my... I totally got that, too. I I totally yeah. it was great. But no, it was do you know who, Uh, so the people in that scene are Sylvester Stallone as uh, Starhawk, but it was one of the original leaders, um, uh, Vin James, Vin Rames as one of the characters and a couple other famous people. <laughs> but the person who voices Mainframe is yes. Miley Cyrus. Yes. Miley Cyrus is in Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Volume Two. That is amazing. Just great.
0: Let's so. talk about her for a second. She's she's had like a pretty big turnaround in last. I don't pay that much attention to. You know celebrities, but recently I've seen something she's grown out her hair mm-hmm. um she looks not better, but yeah. Her hair is longer, and that's nice.
1: In my mind, it all started when Nicki Minaj said, and I quote, <laughs> "Was good to Miley <laughs> for no reason." Nicki Minaj was getting an award, and she was like, "Do you know who I hate?" Miley Cyrus was good, Miley, and I think at that point Miley was like, "What am I doing? We're <laughs> strangers, pretty much, are just yelling at me on stage." And that's how she ended up in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Electric Boogaloo, TM. Volume
2: Volume Two. Stay Stay tuned. There may or
1: may not be on the Zoom. Ooh, yes.
2: What if, what if Guardians of Galaxy Volume Three is only released on Zoom?
0: <laughs> oh, Zoom. Then nobody Zoom. would see it. Just,
2: just the MP three files released on Zoom, and then you have to get the video from Ooh. Laserdisc and match them up to watch the film.
1: Not even Laserdisc. Like what is it? Like HD uh, DVDs? Like that thing that had one player that could play it and that was it they lasted like three years no, like worst product of all time <laughs> but you need that and a zune to yep. enjoy guardians yep.
0: that would be terrible that would be so great i no. would go to great leagues to make that work
1: oh, me too also if you want to buy a zune uh currently so you can get your star lord cosplay up to date i looked the week that the movie came out and they were still around like 50 bucks which That's is good like for that. a relic so if you uh I think they're still around there. I don't know. You should go check on ebay.com.
2: Yeah, I bet you like they tripled in price. They
1: probably, yeah. Oh, yeah $8,000 for a Zune.
0: We are getting word that they are $500.
1: Never mind. I regret... <laughs> Whoa! Okay, so you guys are going to get a little insight into Sanjay's mind right now. I looked at dozens of listings for Zooms, made lots of jokes in the theater, and my biggest regret up to date has probably been... Hmm... I, uh, after a Magic the Gathering set came out, I had a card that I thought would be worth $2, sold it, and it went up to $70. This is bigger than that, financially and emotionally. You are hearing live regret right now. Stay tuned for more Live Regret with Sanjay.
2: Yeah, I there's, there's some... I got reverse live regret from Sanjay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, We've just coined a new term here. There, yeah. So when Spider-Verse was coming out... I was getting Spider Verse from a comic shop that was not selling Spider Verse like at all. They were having a bad time because everyone hates Dan Slott. Mm-hmm. I will I will talk to Great Links about Dan Slott. But <laughs> not anyway, today. not today. Today we'll talk about this. But yeah, so Edge of Spider Verse wasn't selling it at all, and so they're like, here's a bundle of like, oh, Edge of Spider Verse for like, it's like I don't know. There's a bunch of them in there. I'll give it to you for like five, and I was like, sure. And in it was the first appearance of Spider Gwen. And so I got, so I had like there was like five comics of Spider Verse. So I got the first appearance of Spider Gwen for a buck. What? <laughs> and I don't know how much is the edge of Spider Verse first appearance of Spider Gwen now. I have no clue.
1: At least a dollar, though, for being honest. it. Like just <laughs> making exponential money. So,
2: but yeah, I also got what other things? I got Why the Last Man? The last issue for a dollar. I've gotten some great things for a dollar. A McDouble. Guardians. Slow <laughs> Anyway,
0: um so I, I want to switch it up to some of the heavier topics in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um one of the first ones is the the child slavery. Uh Yandu was sold into child slavery because his parents were poor and they needed money. How do you guys feel about that and how it reflects on today's society?
2: Um I thought it was very interesting how there was a lot of father and son dynamic in the film. And uh, I thought it was really, uh, like, during the end of the film when you finally get to realize Yandu's relationship and Ego's relationship with the character, it started to get really heavy. Because I initially thought this movie was just going to be, like, straight comedy the entire time. But I came out of the theater like, wow, that was, that was some pretty emotional stuff in there. Um, particularly with that, it's, it surprises me how much on a yearly basis or on a monthly basis we hear about human trafficking, and we think it's in a very small quantity around the world, and there's still just crazy staggering numbers and statistics about human trafficking in the world, and so if at all this is brought to light um, via podcast via uh, a fact that it was a Guardians of the Galaxy movie that a lot of people watched. I mean, Zoom went from 50 to 500 dollars. So I assume <laughs> it's going to really you know there's some, going to be some publicity about it, which I hope so because any publicity about it you know, helps decrease the issue. Um, so that's what I thought. Is I, I'm glad that more people are getting eyes on how staggering human trafficking is in the world.
1: Living in Kansas, uh, we are, the state as a whole, but specifically Kansas City, is at the intersection of the main interstate that goes east to west in the U.S. and north to south. So we're actually the, I think, like, head state, or like the leading state for like sex trafficking because a lot of people meet at that intersection and switch to go somewhere else around the country. So I know uh, for us, it's a lot realer than it is for a lot of other people in the country, but even then, we're so distanced from the fact that, like, this is day-to-day. This isn't once a week, once a month. Even uh, Yondu's relationship with his parents and going even from Peter's relationship to Yondu, like, he should have, like, been sold, like, into slavery as well, pretty much. Like, he was uh, stolen from his family, he was abducted, and he had this rough life where he thought he was going to get eaten every day, and it's such a uh, kind of, like, easy way to see how hard that is, like, you may not be getting literally eaten, but, like, emotionally, like, you are, like, torn uh, day to day, and that's something that, I don't know if it was, like, intentionally, that was something they implanted in the first movie, or if it was something that they just wanted to really go, like, or hit hard here. But it was definitely a grounding experience, and hopefully a lot more people are looking into stuff like this and just kind of being on the forefront of productivity in addition to helping people around them.
0: Yeah, um, I spent a little bit of time in Korea, and a lot of the things that we talked about while we were there um, were, like, sex trafficking, trafficking human, human trafficking um, in general, and i know a lot of the people around me took it as a joke a lot of the times because of the way that it was presented to us but i really hope that seeing this movie and kind of opening the discussion around things like this bring it to light more like like conrad said like Sandre was talking about like i just hope that people see that this is a thing this is something that really really happens and sometimes we're a part of that and we can stop being a part of that we can stop letting this happen um and stop letting it go unnoticed and all of that stuff one of the things too that i want to talk about were kind of the the daddy issues with um peter quill uh i'm gonna get a little heavy and a little personal a little heavier i guess and definitely more personal my father was not around when I was a kid and I actually haven't talked to him in about nine years but I had a stepdad from for the last 20 years about and honestly like seeing Yandu and Peter's relationship it reminded me a lot of my my stepdads to where my dad was not around I could not rely on him half the time I didn't know where he was I don't know where he is now um my stepdad was there for me and he took care of me and did all of the, the dad things. So when Yandu's like, Ego, maybe your father, but he's not your daddy, I was like, Damn straight. Hell yeah. Well put, Yandu. That was so good. It was so great. And to see that in a movie where a lot of people think that being a dad and being a father are the same thing. Uh, it was it was just really nice to see that where there's all different kinds of families.
2: Yeah, uh, I definitely th- that that was a very jarring emotional scene, <clears throat> but yeah, I thought it was it was great that they brought up some of those issues in the movie, and uh, you know, like we were talking about, um, we were talking about human trafficking and uh, different ways uh, ways you can help. I pulled up a couple of links here, um, the Human uh, National Human Trafficking Resource Center. We can link some of the stuff in the description below. Um, in addition, Big Brothers Be Sisters projects in your community, um, local community things are ways to get involved to uh, help in the community.
1: And so. keeping kind of on the topic of families, uh, it was really cool that Nebula and Gamora actually uh, passed the vegetable test for the first time. Uh, every time it was mentioned, or they were in the same scenes together before, it was a lot of spite. But also Thanos was brought up every single time they were not independent characters. They were kind of just. Uh, it was always like, "Oh well, we are our father's kids," you know. Like, uh, "What are you gonna do?" But there was also a lot of animosity between each other. And it was super cool to be or to see Nebula actually be a character this time. She got to like get her own feet under her. She handled or like tackled a lot of her like internal struggles. We got to see why she hates Gamora so much. We got to see Gamora's kind of like back and forth uh with how she feels about her sister going from i don't want to hurt you i love you to if you're going to shoot at me i'm going to shoot at you so you stop shooting at me and we can love each other again and i have three sisters so i could see like a lot of that like sibling relationship in there and it was just really cool to see them actually even if they didn't end up happy at the end even if they hate each other even if nebula lost a leg or gamora lost her foot it would have been, It is. will always be really cool to see them progress and to rely on themselves and each other to solve their problems instead of going to their dad for it and just, again, patching the Betchel test, which I'm probably mispronouncing like I always do. Um, but I, it's such an, a thing that isn't hard to do that no movie can do. So that was really insane as I was watching it, something I picked up on
0: yeah um to kind of piggyback off that it was really interesting to see kind of a like quote unquote evil person in this movie get so humanized that you you side with her and you sympathize with her and you don't like i mean personally i didn't start like hating gamora by any means but i could definitely see how she could be perceived as the bad person in their relationship even though thanos is the one who's you know, the total dick but whatever. <laughs> um but to to kind of see just the humanization of a a bad character was really interesting. And then um also to kinda see Gamora's side of things where she was like, I was just trying to survive. Like mm-hmm. we were we were both just trying to survive it and I it wasn't I don't know. I just I thought that was interesting. I yeah.
2: So to clarify if you guys don't know what the Beckdale test is because i had to look up how to pronounce it too thank you <laughs> uh, it's the it's a test used to determine if a certain film um uses two different uh, female characters who talk to each other about something other than a man or a boy typically what's also added in the test is if they have names in the movie so uh, if you look at a lot of like Film franchises and stuff—they never pass that test, which is really interesting because I looked up on this article that like Sex in the City episodes regularly fail this test, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which is interesting because like it's all
0: female cast, but they fail that test every two minutes in the episode. Exactly. So it's yeah, <laughs> it's,
2: it's interesting that like that's it's crazy how that works, but yeah. So that's what it is. Um, so anyway, yeah. um,
0: other tropes that females tend to fall into—that's really unfortunate—is. I'm not sure the exact trope of it, but it's basically the sexy lamp um, where you could replace this female character with a sexy lamp and the scene would progress just as it did with her actually in it. And I feel like that's something that movies really need to get away from because there's so many strong, empowered females in the world and they could be using them as examples and setting examples for younger younger females to like power up and like be excited about things and not feel like they have to hide or just be seen and not heard
1: which was one of the really cool things uh about mantis in the movie she her entire life her entire purpose was pretty much just like i'm here to help this guy do something because he can't do it himself and seeing her towards the end of the movie just like fate of the universe in my hands, I got this, slamming down her palm and like making a planet slash god with a lowercase g, which is prominent to the story, fall asleep so they could continue to try to like fight their way out was super crazy. Uh, especially since she did. She went through just like a 360 or 180. Definitely 180. She didn't end up where <laughs> she started. Uh, she just took a 180 throughout the movie. And it was super cool to see her and Drax's like, platonic relationship, kind of. Mm-hmm. Just like really witty. And yeah, it was really cool.
2: And it ends with nipples.
1: It yeah. always. Ooh.
0: <laughs> My nipples! <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, so now if- we're going to go to Conrad's hot.
1: Hot take, take of the week. Day Hot take day. of the week. Uh, <laughs> wow. I'm going to steal the show away, though, with my moderately spicy take of the month. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I have it not... Even,
2: it has, like, rye in there. Exactly. Moderately spicy take of the month. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Don't ask me to not... repeat it. Anyway. But, yeah. Uh, if
1: you... And I apologize if I'm stealing your thunder, Conrad. But if you are not reading uh, Black Panther and the gang, super cool. Oh, and the crew. I apologize. That's why I take notes didn't take notes today. Uh it is insanely good, really strong uh like cast. You get to see Black Panther, Luke Cage, uh Misty Misty Knight and uh one new character. So it's really cool. And Storm's also thrown into the mix too, so you can get some of that good X Men love if you're anything like me. Also, uh Gene Grey is just came out this month and it is really sweet, so go check that out. It's a good month for for strong females and just cool kids.
2: On the Black Panther title, uh, I, it's kind of interesting. So how does that work that Luke Cage and Black Panther and they all interact? What's the premise of the story? Because I actually really want to get into it, but I have no idea. What Go read it
0: and find out. But like, how, how does, where do I Go begin? Go read it and find out.
1: So a little, <laughs> a little bit of a segue. So it actually starts in the past with another kind of ensemble crew like them. And it leaps forward. So when it starts out, we are in Harlem and we get to see Misty Knight having some or fighting through some issues of police brutality, which is really relatable today, in addition to a lot of race issues between the police and between the black community. And because she's kind of torn between being a police officer and also being black, she's getting pulled from both sides. So we see her starting out leaning strongly toward the police side because that is her profession. It is her passion. But she's kind of drawn into she her like family her friends this person that she knew in the past and how they got there uh and how she's re- how this woman is related to this family that's kind of the central focus of the comic so it's really cool um all of the characters haven't been introduced yet so i believe they're kind of just going to shift a few things um like in the universe to get everyone working in the same place at the same time but it it's real sweet
2: it sounds really good there's mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot cuz there's Matthew and his, uh, his uh, element gun there. But it, that reminds me, there's another title called uh, Mighty Avengers that came out a couple years ago. It's kind of a similar premise. It's got Luke Cage um, leading a team of Avengers when the Avengers are off-world fighting uh, uh, a cosmic threat. And so Luke Cage is like the Avengers force, and they have to take on Thanos in New York City. And it flashes back between like a 1970s... Uh, Avengers with Blade and Blue Marvel. Mm. And then it goes to modern day with like Luke Cage and Spectrum and Blade. And it's pretty good. So, anyway, yeah, so uh, Mighty Avengers. Totally would recommend. So, Um, also, hot take um, Wonder Woman is coming out. So, I thought we could go over some awesome Wonder Woman stories that are pretty dope. Um, But uh, some of the different things that I've like really interested in Wonder Woman for beginners or people who are like, you know, I've never read a Wonder Woman story. Where do I start? Let me tell you. So so anyway, um, one of the best ways I thought for somebody who's never read comic books before that I just thought would be a really good way to get into Wonder Woman would be read Alex Ross's Spirit of Truth. If you don't know who Alex Ross is, he's the guy that makes the super ultra-realistic comic book art that looks really, really good and is really, really expensive to get. But his comic book is like... Uh, you won't be able to see this because it's a podcast, but the book is about two feet tall and about a foot long. It's a huge book, and it's called Wonder Woman: Spirit of Truth. So that's definitely a good one. League of One uh, is also a really good one. And then if you just really want a good all-around Wonder Woman story, I really thought the best one would be the Justice League series from the early 2000s because uh, mm-hmm. it is it is appropriate to the character, and it's still my favorite iteration of Wonder Woman today. So that's all. It's my hot take. Back yeah. to Matthew.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's been real we love doing this if you guys have any ideas for us or ways that we can improve this show please reach out to us we have twitter we have facebook now thanks hope uh we have instagram we have an email
1: i'm trying to we get a carrot pigeon bug no one wants the carrier pigeons yeah, cinder cinder raven
0: so. cinder raven <laughs> <laughs> so, so just uh hit us up let us know what we can do to make your listening experience better diggity dank what a good
1: time